for today I thought we would do something a little different uh, than we've done the last few weeks. It's related to the Parsha, but it's not really the Parsha. Um, and that is, we find a lot of, um, a lot of dreams in these Parshios. In fact, last week we spoke about two of them. There are probably three, if not four, highlights. Um, uh, three or four different dreams that took place last week in the Parsha. A couple of dreams, that, a few dreams that Yaakov has. Actually, Lavan has a dream in last week's Parsha. Hashem tells him not to touch Yaakov and his children. Um, and we're going to have more dreams coming up. We're going to have the dreams that, uh, that Paro has. We're going to have the dreams that Yaakov has. With Hashem telling him to go down to Mitzrayim. So there's a lot of dreams that take place in, uh, in the Parshios now. And a lot of dreams in all of the Tanakh, actually. And what I wanted to talk about a little bit today is what's the significance of those dreams? Not just, not significance of dreams in Tanakh, uh, but significance of dreams in life. Um, certainly halachic significance of dreams. Um, and how do, we, how do we look at them? There are things that we do even to this very day about dreams. Um, and what does the Torah think about? What does Chazal think about dreams? How are we supposed to relate to the things we see while we're sleeping? Um, so before I say anything else, what, what do we know, what, what, what's our experience uh, right now uh, people have with dreams and Judaism? Anything people do to this very day when it comes to good dreams, bad dreams, anything you can think of? Yeah, there are tefillos that people say, it's in the Siddur, in the Machzor and the Siddur, that people say during Birkas Kohanim. It's a thing that people do. Um, and we're going to see where that comes from. They talk when, he, when a person's having a dream, when a person has a bad dream, so they all, uh, I'm going to put the source sheet back in here, um, that people have a bad dream, they will say a tefillah during Birkas Kohanim that they should have good dreams. Where in the world does that come from? And why would one do that? Um, say it in Kriya Shema before you go to sleep. They're yes. not the same thing, but like there's a couple of lines about saying that I shouldn't have bad dreams. Right, I should have good dreams, not bad dreams. Absolutely. Um, there's a concept known as Hatavat Chalom or Hatavas Chalom. If a person has a bad dream or Tanis Chalom, is a halacha actually a person has a bad dream, a really bad dream. Some people have the midnight to fast um, if they have a very bad dream. And they will, uh, um, even on Shabbos, if you have a very bad dream. Uh, or, and, and or, people will gather a group of, of three and do what's called hatavar chalom, to say to people, I had this bad dream, we can make it good. It's like, what? There, there is actually a lot that people do even to this very day when it comes to dreams. Um, the question is, is that like, is that hibigibi stuff? Is that, you know, uh, you know what, what is that? What, why do we do that? Um, and how do we relate in general? To, to dreams. So let's let's take a look. Let's take a look at some of the sources here and see where they take us uh, to some interesting stuff, actually, and some interesting halachic implications for dreams also. Um, so source number one is a pasuk in Sefer Bamidbar talking about the story of uh, Miriam and Aaron speaking Lashon Har about Moshe. They speak Lashon Har about Moshe. Um, Hashem, they say, you know, uh, and they basically say in that conversation, they, you know, when they talk about the fact that he married whatever woman he married. So they say, does, and, and, and most explained that this was that, they, that he separated from his wife. So they say about him, 
you know, Harak Ach Moshe Diber, Hagam Banu Diber, Shem only speak to, uh, to, Mo- to Moshe Ben, is he the only Navi? He's not the only Navi. I'm also, in, we're also Navim. God speaks to us too. So why does, why does God, um, you know, why should Moshe be treated differently than us? And Hashem responds to them, well, I'll tell you why. There's a very good reason. Because your type of, of Nevuah is different than the Nevuah that Moshe Benu has. Has that? Moshe Benu has a conversation with me, face to face, right? He speaks to me, Pandim and Funim. He's the only person who spoke to Hashem what's called Aspakla Meiria. He'd have like a real conversation talking to God. Every other Navi in the world, how do they have, how do they have a Nevuah? A dream. A dream. Every Navi has a Nevuah and a dream. They go to sleep. And in their dream, that's when they have a nevuah, and then they have to wake up, and they have to figure out what it meant, etc. But the but Hashem is telling them, you're different because your your nevuah happens in dreams; his happens face to face. Fine. But the bottom line is, what is a dream then? At least at this stage, in terms of you know how we look at dreams, dreams are the way nevuah takes place, right? The way God communicates with human beings. Typically, every navi that we know of, except for Moshe Rabbeinu, has a nevuah in a dream. Um, so, what does that say about? the power of dreams. Dreams certainly have some type of significance here. Um, but if you look at a couple of other, other psukim here, I mean, every psukim has, obviously has to be understood in this context, but still, these other psukim look at dreams in a very different way. Um, and uh, if you look in Zechariah, Perak Yud, source number two, I'm actually going to send the source sheet one more time for those who are just joining us. I'm so happy to see everybody. Um, let me just send it out so you have it. Just send it one more time. Um, says the Chaya Perakiyot ki atrafim dibru oven vakosvim chazu sheker atrafim. The word trafim we found in last week's parsha when Rachel steals the idols of her father. They're called trafim, right? Idols. I speak nothing. This kosvim chazu sheker auger is predicted falsely. It means uh, magicians. Vachalomos hashavi daberu and dreamers speak lies, right? And that's my people have strayed like a flock. They suffer for lack of a shepherd. Meaning, people who are following me after astrologers and, uh, you know, um, I don't know, spiritual guides and people who will read your palm and all that kind of stuff are all nonsense and they waste your time. And more than that, they're not, and, and who else is included in that? Dreamers. People who say they had dreams and things were told to them in dreams. That's a nonsense. In Kohelet, source number three, Kibarov Chalomos Fahavalim Udvarim Harbek Yes Elokim Yerei. You're up. For much dreaming leads to futility and to superfluous talk. Rather, fear Hashem. Don't pay attention to dreams. Pay attention to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Follow the Shulchan Aruch. Do what the Lacha says. Don't waste your time with dreams. So, and and even uh, Rashi there on that pasuk says, Kibarov Chalomos Asher Komashi Yomru Lacha Chalomos VeNeviyeh Hevel Udvarim Harbet Lifrosh Meisa Malcolm. You're gonna hear people said I had a dream here, I had a dream there. All that kind of stuff is nonsense. Kiyaselo Kim Yera Harei Kim Yishamesh Belashon Ella. Meaning rather, Al Tishmai Ella Chalomos Ella Yiselo Kim Yera. Don't listen to dreams. Dreams are nonsense. But rather, go ahead and pay attention to things that really matter. And we have other psukim like that also. The chalomos shavidaberu, the chalomos are nothing, and they're silly. And um, a, a lot of um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of references to, to dreams being being full of nonsense. Um, however, we find that two very interesting gemaras that actually have a they seem to contradict each other in terms of forget about mystical questions about what's the mystical relevance of dreams. What about the very practical halachic? application of dreams. 
probably would never think there are halakha implications in dreams. But there can be. Uh, and they come up right here in the Gemara. Two examples, in, Gemara, in one in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and one in Gemara in Nadarim, which bring two types of ways that Chazav related to dreams in terms of a halakha lamaisa, practical halachic conversation. Gemara says as follows, source number five. A person was left an inheritance, a certain amount of money, and he knows his father left it from somewhere, and he can't find it, and he doesn't know like where to, what to do, and what happens. And the Baal HaChalom, what would be the Baal HaChalom? What does that mean? Who's a Baal HaChalom? How do you translate that? The person who dreamed it? So, yes, there's two ways to translate that. It could be the person who dreamed it, the translation I have from here, from Safaria, says someone in his dream. Bala Chalomos is the, the guy in the dream, the dream guy, you know, who comes in the dreams. All right, so it could be the person in the dream, the Bala Chalom, the person who's in the driver's seat during your dream, right? Or it could mean someone who had a dream, the Bala Chalom, the person who had a dream and came and told them, I have a dream about you, right? We'll have to see, it actually can make a difference. So the person comes and tells them I had that they were, either he was told in a dream or someone said that they were told in a dream that what? This is how much money it is. Uh, and it's in the following place. And by the way, so the money is, you know, in the third room, you know, pull that book and the, the, you know, the, the bookshelf will twist around and then you'll go in and you'll find the money in that specific spot and it's exactly, you know, $57,327. Great, and he shows up, and kahava, it was actually that exact spot, that exact amount of money. Amazing. And then the guy says, by the way, the money is Meister Shani. What's Meister Shani? Meister Shani money is money that has to be, has been dedicated to the base of Mikdash, and has to be uh, eaten only in Yerushalayim and used for meals uh, in Yerushalayim. That would seriously uh, impact the way you're able to use the money. Meister Shani money can be used in a very, as we said, a very specific way. And if it was, and if it's today, Meisher Shani money can't be used at all because it's dedicated to the base of Mikdash and it's like off limits. So what if the person told you all this information and the Gemara says, it happened. There was such a story. And the person went and they uncovered the money and they found it. And then they asked themselves, well, what do I do with the money? Can I keep the money? Or do I have to use it for Meisher Shani money? Which would be, again, I'm not going to then go spend it on a car and on whatever my kid's tuition or whatever it is that I need to spend it on. You know, I, I, I'm not allowed to use it. And the Gemara answers, They said to him, go ahead, spend it however you like. Why? Because the fact that the person saw in a dream that this money is Maestro Shani money doesn't mean anything. Because it's a dream. And a dream has no significance halakhically. And therefore, you, can, you found the money? Great, you found the money. Good, so now you found the inheritance. Wonderful. So the fact that the person knew where the money was? Great. But the fact that they called it Maestro Shani? Doesn't matter. Doesn't have any impact on me. Tell me why that gemara makes sense or doesn't make sense. It's a lot of pieces of this gemara. To me, it doesn't make sense because the, if somebody's going to come to you in a dream and tell you exactly where it was and how much money it is and said it's Meister Shani, surely you should listen to the person who just told you oh, everything, right? Like it's weird to just say, okay, cool, I found it. Now I get to do whatever I want with it. It's like a, a contradiction. No? Right. Meaning, if if I think that they're right, right. If, or again, if they're nonsense, they're nonsense. But if it turns out that they're correct and the money actually was there, 
So then why... The, yeah, you can't have both... Exactly. It's a, it's a, a rule in, in the Gemara referred to as Pagin and Dibur. Sometimes we take someone's words and we split them in half. A person can be an aide. You know, we believe them for this, we don't believe them for that. It's very confusing. I don't get it. Either you believe him, we don't believe him. The fact that the, it was exact amount of money in the exact place that he said, and it turns out... So that, that should lead me to believe also that it's Meister Shani. I feel like I'd be cursed forever if I didn't... So this is exactly why. And by the way, this is not so, so, so unusual. We have stories. It happens, uh, I would say, all the time. You definitely have stories of people. Someone comes to them in a dream and says, I want you to do X. There's some of these, if you, if you watch any of these, these, these uh, videos online, this guy, Yoel, Yoel Gold, he makes all these, uh, these very inspiring videos about, uh, you know, very inspiring stories. And one of them was a guy, a, a, a story about a family actually who had lost their son who was a soldier, a chayal in the Israeli army, and he passed away. And the mother had a dream. And in the dream, he told them he wanted them to dedicate a Sefer Torah in his memory. And uh, it's a beautiful story. The, the, the next day, they show up at, 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 at Herzl, and there's, you know, there's this group there, and they end up telling the story, and these kids get the money to get the Sefer Torah they in his memory. It's very beautiful. But the question would become like, Again, is, is there halakhic, do, do I have to do that? If someone asks me to do something like that in a dream, do I have to listen to the dream? Or do you say, no, dreams are nothing? Yeah? But it's not halakha. I mean, I, all this is saying is that whatever he chooses to do is not halakha. Right. So but what, we choose to give it as Meister Shani, but it's not... Well, the, the halakha here in this case is that, is that he doesn't have to listen. He doesn't have to treat it as Meister if he, if he would treat it as Meister Shani, money would mean it's off limits for his personal use. It would mean he can only right. use it. But it was a dream, so halacha, I don't know, it doesn't seem like halacha really, halacha is more of a physical plane, and a dream is more of a spiritual plane. That's what it, it, so that's what this Gemara seems to imply, right? This Gemara seems to say, dreams don't, don't impact the halacha. Correct. That's what, you would, that's what you would say from this Gemara. But now look at the next Gemara. You're for sure going to show us a Gemara where it does impact it. Very good. <laughs> I set you up. I set you up. I set you up. Okay, so take a look at the next Gemara, source number six. The next Gemara is the Gemara Nadarim. And this Gemara says the following, Amr of Yosef, Niduhu Bechalom. If you had a dream that they put you in Cherem. Okay? Tzarech Yuz Be'adam Lahat Yalah. You need to take ten people and release you from Cherem. So you might say, who cares someone put me in Cherem? People put people in Cherem today all the time. No one cares. You ignore it. So Cherem used to be, um, it has a real halachic significance. A person's in Nidui. Uh, what it means is that they're not allowed to like, uh, they're not allowed to go to communal events. People have to stay six feet away from them. Actually, six feet away from them, actually. To be, it's Dalamos. Away from you. Uh, you don't get haircuts. You can't shave. You have to wear ripped clothing. There's a lot of things that apply to a person who's in Cherem. The Gemara has stories of people who are put in Cherem for not listening to Chazal. And there's an actual halachos. It's a funny thing, right? Usually it's, you're put in Cherem because you don't listen to Chazal. But then your halachos that you have to follow because you're in Cherem. It's kind of a funny concept. But this is the way the world used to be more, right? That people would like, you know, rebel against Chazal. They'd be put in Cherem and they keep the halachos of being in Cherem. Um, but they're real halachos. You can't, the person can't die with a minion. It's sort of like having. COVID. Um, it's like criminals who go to Otisville and insist on having, you know, finish <laughs> Or it's like that. Or it's like that. Um, but yeah. So, but the, but the point is, the, 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 the point that matters for us is that there are halakhic ramifications to being put in Cheren. 
And the Gemara says, if you had a dream that you were put in Chayram, first of all, it's scary to have such a dream. But if, you, if that happens, what do you do the next day? You get up, you get 10 people together, and you have to have them be matir you to take you out of Chayram. It can't just be any people, it has to be people know the halacha, etc. There's a whole process you have to go through to make yourself released from Chayram. So ask me a question. And contradict each other. What are you talking about? You just told me, that, that dreams don't matter. If dreams don't have a halachic significance, what does the Gemara mean that a person is put in cherem, they should have themselves released from cherem? What does that mean? How can that be? So the Tashpiz in source number seven, is a lot of Hebrew there. Don't worry, we're not going to read all of it inside. In source number seven, the Tashpiz um, addresses this question. And he gives a couple of possibilities. One possibility he has actually depends on that translation that we gave before. Baal HaChalomos. Right? He says the Baal HaChalom in that story was that someone else had the dream. So someone, some, in the story with the money, what happened, someone else had a dream and told you, ah, someone else had the dream, I don't have to listen to someone else's dream. Right? As opposed to the story about the Chayram where I had the dream myself. But he says that, that doesn't, he doesn't like that answer. Um, he doesn't think that's really going to be the answer. But he gives a different answer that he likes a lot better. And he basically argues based on the next, next source. Source number eight is Gemar Brachos and Daf Nun based. Brachos and Daf Nun is all about dreams. Uh, lots and lots of Gemaras about dreams come from this Gemara and Brachos Daf Nun So this Gemara is, uh, is uh, kind of fun, actually. The Gemara says like this, Shmua ki havachazi cham babisha, when Shmua would have a bad dream, Amar vechalomos hashavi daberu. He would say, our pasuk, dreams are nothing. He'd have a bad dream, he'd say, ah, Dreams are just nonsense. You don't have to worry about a dream. Ki hava chazi tava, when he'd have a good dream, Amar, he would say, Our dreams, nothing. What do you mean? Dreams are, dreams are very important. When you have a good dream, he would say, dreams are amazing. Right? right? The Gepasik says that when I, that Hashem speaks a, a Navi, they do it in a dream. Right? Um, so Rava Rami Ksiv Bachaloma Daber Bo Ksiv Bachaloma Shavu Daber. So Rava actually brought the same contradiction. On the one hand, the Torah says that dreams are how you have a nevuah. On the other hand, the Gemara says the Torah says that uh, that that dreams are nothing. So answers the Gemara Lokasha Kan Ayde Malach Kan Ayde Shade. It depends who's running the dream. Who's the Bal Hachalom? Right? Is the Bal Hachalom a Malach speaking for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, or is the Bal Hachalom a demon? Meaning, basically, it's it's. It's not the Rebona Shalom driving the bus on the dream. Okay. So what does that, what does that tell me? So Tashpeh says, I'll tell you what it tells me. That Gemara tells me that dreams are sometimes valid. That dreams sometimes tell me something real and sometimes tell me nonsense. And what's the problem? Really saying nothing. What? That's really saying nothing. It could be saying nothing, right. The dreams... The dream you never know when it's real and when it's not real. Bingo. How would you I'm not going to know. Meaning that some <laughs> dreams... Like wings and you know it's a mullah talking to you. <laughs> no, but <laughs> most regular people are not going to know to make the difference. How are we supposed to know? Right? You have a dream. You don't know if that dream is powerful or not. Right? You don't know what that dream really means. I mean, I'm... A, I'm a, I, like based on his, historically what dreams are throughout Tanakh, why wouldn't the Gemara just make the assumption that dreams are always real? So, you, so tell me the answer to that question, because you can give an answer to that question. Why, why wouldn't I say that all dreams are real? I'm not going to ask everyone to, to reveal what your dream was last night if you had one, right? But you wouldn't want to, right? I wouldn't want to either, right? Why not? Because they're crazy, it's dreams. 
Right? There's so many things. There's not a message in your dream. I'm not. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to get there. But dreams for sure have nonsense in them. That's not a question. We have other Mamari Chazal say that also. That dreams, that dreams have nonsense. Every dream. Every dream has nonsense in it. Right? So it's confusing. Your dreams have nonsense. Yes, sometimes you dream something and you know where it came from. Right? It's the conversation you were having last night. It was based on a movie I just saw. It's like, right? There's like, there's the, cons- the, the thing that I'm stressed out about. Right? Certain things. Those are the things that... God forbid somebody died, right? How do you know that there's just not your subconscious telling you nonsense as opposed to a message? So you, or, or a dream that angels are going up and down a ladder. How do you, what's more? Right, that sounds like nonsense. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, Janet. Right. So, so how do you know? Exactly. You don't, and the point is that you don't know. That you don't know. That's exactly the point. You don't really know when you have a dream whether it's real Right, for sure, part of it is nonsense. But I guess the really question is: is it all of it nonsense, or only some of it nonsense, or is some of it just my subconscious, like playing games on me? Right. So this is what he says. So he says like this: If we're not sure, when it comes to halacha, what, what do we call not being sure in halacha? What's that called in the halacha when I'm not sure? Suffolk. It's a suffolk. I don't know. So if that's true then it means that when I, I, when I address a dream from a halachic perspective, I treat it like any case of halacha that is the case of suffolk. Look what he says. Um, it's the, the last paragraph here. You see that? He says, We see that there are some dreams that are real. And there are some dreams that are just... Not, not nonsense. Every dream we, we're faced with, we don't know what to do. It's a suffix. Is it real or is it not real? Is it real or is it not real? Should I worry about it or not? So what do we do? So he basically says, so what are we going to do? We have to apply halachic, halachic analysis that we use in the cases of suffix. And here's the rule. When you deal with a situation of money, monetary case, right? Does the money belong to Reuven or does it belong to Shimon? Does it belong to Rachel or does it belong to Leah? And we don't know. So, what, so Rachel has a thousand dollars and Leah says, Leah owes, you know, uh, Rachel owes me a thousand dollars. So what do we do? So we ask for, you have witnesses? No. Do you have a, a contract? Nothing. Great. So what do you, so it's considered a suffix. We don't know. So what's the rule? The rule is, if you want to take money out of someone else's hands, you need to bring a proof. You leave the money where it is, unless you have proof otherwise. Suffolk mamon, you leave it where it is. So how did that apply to our case? What happened in our case with the guy who found the money? He finds the money. The money belonged to his father. He found the hiding spot. It was all right. He finds the right amount, etc. He, he found it. Good. Now someone says to him, that money is not your money. That money belongs to the base Amikdash. So what do we say? He doesn't have to give it. Suffolk mamon. Suffolk mamon. I get to keep it. Unless you can prove otherwise. Right? When it comes to dreams, dreams cannot take away my money. Right? If someone has a dream that someone owes them money, that's great. It's not going to work. Because when it comes to dini mamonos, it's considered, every dream is considered a suffolk. So from a suffolk, I'm not going to take someone else's money away. That we're not going to do. Okay. However, what about the case of Nidoi being put in Cherem? That's not a case of money. 
That's the case of Isser Veheter. I have certain things that are forbidden to me to do now because I'm in, I'm in Chayim. I can't shave. I can't get a haircut. I can't, I can't make a minion. I, people can't come near me. I have to, all these types of things that apply to a person who's in Chayim. That's Isurun. That's Isurun, right? That's the things that it's Isser Veheter, things I'm allowed to do, things I'm not allowed to do. The Allah, when it comes to a Suffolk, Isser Veheter, the Allah is, we have to be Machmer. Right? A Suffolk in Isurim, Isurim Deresa, a person has to be Machmer. And therefore, the Allah would be, in this case, he says, that the guy has to get the, you know, 10 people together and release them from Cherem. Why? Because Misafik, you have to, you go ahead and you do that. So, but, but, but what he basically, the conclusion here, according to this answer, and this isn't everyone's answer. Others say that, that Nidoy, they've been putting, well, let's just say, according to this answer of the Tashbates, what would you say? Are dreams nothing? There's something, depending on what the context is. There's something, we just don't know exactly what they are. They have some significance. We're just not, we don't know which dreams have significance and which ones don't. And therefore, we treat them as a case of suffix. And a person has to decide. So the, and there are halakhic ways to decide in certain cases of halakha. But I'll give you another example also. Some others explain that Barbara, that Barbara Nell says this, that it's more that there's just, this, that, that really dreams are nothing. However, when it comes to things that seem dangerous, being put in cherem, that's like very scary. The dream was specifically that he's put in cherem in shamayim. That in, in, that in, in Shammai, they put him in, in, in Cherem. That's a scary thing. What does that mean? That in Shammai, they put him in Cherem. That makes a person nervous. So things that are like Suffolk Sakana, like so, sort of like spiritually dangerous, so then the Chazal say, do something. You know, you want to you get around this. You don't want to have this hanging over your head, and therefore you go ahead and you release yourself from Cherem. But it doesn't mean that, um, you know, really, but that takes this assumption that dreams really have a lot less significance. But if it's something more extreme, that makes me more nervous, which I think is probably our experience with dreams, right? That, we, that typically we, we shrug dreams off until you have a really scary one, right? And that's when people, you, or you have a dream where like someone you know speaks to you in the dream or something like that. That's like much more intense. That makes us much more worried. So at this stage, what you have is you basically have Chazal telling you that dreams are not nonsense. Dreams have nonsense and some dreams have some real significance, even for somebody who's not a Navi. And you don't have to be a Navi to have dreams have significance, they can really have an impact, but it's just the question of how much. And, and, and the very maximum probably is to assume that, um, is to assume that dreams, you know, at least put us in a situation of suffix where we have to then apply halachic, you know, tools in that scenario. Can I ask you a weird question? Yeah, this is a, a sheer about dreams. You can ask. Uh, no, yeah, but like how did, how did a Navi know that they were a Navi? That's a great question. That's a great question. I just realized, like, how'd they even know? Like, did they wait till they had a dream and then they realized they were a Navi, or...? Yeah. Well, definitely it's true that they wouldn't know they were a Navi until they had a Navua. But you're saying, I would, as you're asking, even once they have a Navua, how did they know that Navua is real? Shmuel didn't even know. Shmuel kept thinking Ailey was talking to me. Somebody asked what's going on, right. The first time people have a Navua is typically, you find sometimes, certainly in the Navi, like, very strange experience. You have the story of Shimshon's parents. When Shimshon's parents speak, uh, like a, a mala comes to speak to them. And they're like, it can't be, we should be dead now. It can't be, this is real. You know, like everyone gets nervous when they, when they have nevuah because they're not, they're used to it. But in the times of the, of the Nevi'im, they were actually like B'nai Nevi'im. There were people who like practiced, who were like Navi protégés, who were like, who would prepare themselves for nevuah because a person couldn't just have a nevuah typically in a normal way. Um, you would, you'd have to like go through a certain kind of like spiritual process to get yourself ready. Um, and you have to be basimcha, you have to do all kinds of things, and then you would go to sleep from that state. 
Um, not that I really am explaining to you something that I know nothing about, but this is what, you know, uh, what they say. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. Like, how did a person know? Look, I think we, we do believe today that there is no official nevuah anymore. That's for sure. But we do find people, by the way, in the, in the Torah and in the Vim who have nevuah or have dreams where Hashem sends them a message, even though they're clearly not on the level of nevuah. Like, for example, who, who do you, what am I talking about? This past week's part, should we have it, with love on. Well, Yosef had a dream. I mean, he had a bunch, I mean, he had a bunch of dreams, but I, I mean, even you said when Yosef was in, this has nothing to do with anything, when you said Yosef was in prison, you said that he had a dream that his father came to him. Am I remembering that right? Or he had a dream... No, Yosef, right now, Yosef is, right, we spoke that last week, Yosef, when he's, yeah. Asia's Potiphar is about to get him, he, yes. he, well, that's not really a dream, but whatever the kind of vision he was, um, as he saw his father's exactly. face somewhere. No, you're right. No, but Yosef has other dreams. Yosef has dreams about the stars, he has a dream about the stalks of wheat bowing down to him. I mean, he's not a nubby, so. Right, so Yosef actually, right, correct, Yosef never actually has direct nevuah. He never, like, speaks to God directly. Um, in that same way, it's true. He, but he has like, but he has some type of ruach hakodesh, right? He can interpret dreams. Uh, but we have like people like Lavan, who is clearly not a navi, but God comes to him and says, "Don't you touch Yaakov." We have Avimelech, right, who is not a navi either, and still God says to him, "Let let Sarah go." Right. So you have you definitely have stories of people. Yes. Well, Bilam is a navi though, but Bilam is a real navi. It's a good question. How's how some of the level of evil of Bilam become a navi? Is a good question. But typically. Even people who are not necessarily at the level of Nebuah, they can get messaging from Hashem, right? We do find that in the Torah. Um, and the point here is that it's not unheard of that someone can get a message in a certain sense from a Kaddish Baruch or whatever that means, uh, in some type of form of, of, of dream. But we don't really know what that is. And it's even more complicated for us because there's no real Nebuah today. So what does that even mean? All the people that are that say that they, you know, get the dreams, is that, is that real or that's wanting to be real? Uh, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I can't say for sure what it is or it isn't. I don't like this. Like, I, I'm not like a big, I don't, someone says to me like, oh, I have a shidduch. Should I go to, like, I met a girl and it's going great. Like, should I go to the Makobal to tell me if it's okay? Like, man, is absolutely not. Do not go to Makobal to ask if the letters match up or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, by the way, I, I don't know. Like, it's like Zohar stuff and like Kabbalah that I don't understand. I just, I don't think that's healthy for people to do that. Um, there are people who go to the Kubalim and they get brachas from them and I, that's, you know, I'm not saying it's fake. I'm not saying it's fake. I just, I don't, I don't know that that's like the approach that I think is healthy for relationships. Um, but, but I'll, I'll, look, I'll give you, but I'll give you a couple examples here. Okay, there's a couple examples here of, of tshuva svarim or situations where, where, where big time in chachamim, paskin shilas based on dreams. There's a whole safer, source number, uh, uh, I think it's source number nine for you. As it's, shilas for tshuvas mina shamayim. That's, it's called that. It's Shilos Ruchivos that come from heaven because that's what they are. He asked his shalas in dreams. Okay? He asked his shalas in dreams and he got answers. That's what the staples are all. So he asked the question about the part that we know there's, there's, there's two different types of tefillin. There's, there's Rashi tefillin or being a Tam tefillin. Right? Hasidim are famous for wearing both. We wear Rashi tefillin. Most people wear Rashi tefillin. Hasidim wear two kinds. They wear Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Um, and... Uh, and so there's a big, there's a big machlokas. Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam, two, two, the big Rishonim, who had a basic difference in opinion, what order you place the different parashas in the tefillin. So he says, I went, he says, I went to, I asked in Shemayim once. He says, this is my question. Ana ha-melech, 
הגודל הגיבור, הגדיל נא חסך עמנו היום, וסיב למלאכך הקדושים, ועוד יהיה נהיה אשר נסתפקתי, השם, I'm asking you now to tell your מלאכם, to tell me what's the answer to this suffix, if you all don't know, who's right, Rashi ben Atam, what's correct? והשיבו, and they answered me, what did they say? אלו ואלו די ולגים חיים, they're both right, they answered them, they're both right, okay? But there are many other examples like this also, the Radvaz, in source number 10, he also asked the following question, he said, he wanted, someone had a, had a, a pair of tefillin. Um, he, t- he had two sets of tefillin. And they were both, uh, they were both Rabbeinu Tam. And he wanted to switch one to be a Rashi tefillin, which is good for him because now he'll have one set of Rashi, one set of Rabbeinu Tam. That's what, that's what, you know, a good thing if he wants to wear both. So he wanted to know, can he switch his tefillin from Rabbeinu Tam to Rashi? It just means shifting the order of the parashos in the tefillin. So someone asked, someone, someone asked the advisor this question. And he responded to him that it's fine. That's permissible, you can do that. And then he says like this. Um, look on one, two, three, the four, four lines down after the ellipsis. He says, I said it was fine. I had a dream, and in the dream they told me that I was wrong. I gave the wrong psak. And I changed my mind. And basically, he realized that by doing that, what are you saying? On the one hand, you're saying, it's so nice, turn your Rabbeinu Tam into Rashi Tfilim. What are you saying to Rabbeinu Tam when you do that? You're according to Rabbeinu Tam, you're actually making his Tfilim puzzle. You're taking good Tfilim and making them no good anymore. And he said, I realized that was a big, you know, uh, it was a big insult to Rabbeinu Tam and to all people who wear Rabbeinu Tam Tfilim. And so he said, he, he said, I changed my mind, I didn't do it. But why did he change his mind? Change his mind because they told him in a dream that he was wrong, and they're all the Beis Yosef. There are stories about the Beis Yosef that he had a dream once, and he, he he didn't know what to do in a certain halacha. He had a dream, and he showed him in the dream, and he changed his and, and, he, and he gave a sack. These are again, these are big, big, you know, tzaddikim and tamidah chachamim, but they're not neviim. They're not neviim. Um, so it's, it's just very interesting. There's a lot to be said for the power of a dream, and that brings us to source number eleven, which is this question of hatavas chalom. A person has a bad dream. Uh, do you, should you do something with it? It happened to me once. One time when I was, and I was still single, I was, I was living in YU, and I had a dream, um, and the, in the dream, someone died. Someone in my family died in the dream. Uh, and I, I woke up scared out of my mind. Um, and I don't remember if I went and I asked for Shechter, or I'm not sure exactly what, I, I must have asked somebody. Um, and I went, I, I fasted that day, actually, and I did Hatavas Chalom. I, I went to three people, and I said, you never believe what I'm going to ask you to do, and I got it. This is the sitter. Um, and I said this, this paragraph, we're going to read in a second, because uh, I was scared, because I was scared. Did, did I have to? Was it the halacha that required it? No, necessarily, but it made me nervous. Um, and and there's a mechanism for it in Chazal. Am Rav Huna Bar Ami, Am Rav Padas, Am Rav Yochan, Haroa Chalom V'Nafsho Aguma. person has a dream, and their, and their soul is pained, is worried. Yelech V'Yiftirani B'Fnei Shlosha. Go and have it interpreted in front of three people. And says, V'yiv have it interpreted? V'amar Rav Chista, Chama d'lo mifshar ki'igrisa d'lo mikari. No, they said, don't have it anyone interpret it. You don't want it to be read. If you have it read, it's going to be bad for you. Don't do that. Ela ema yativenu bifnei What you do, you go, and you have it made good in front of three people. And uh, you go, and you say this, you say what it was, and they say, Hashem should make it good for you, etc. And that's what they do. Um, and then the next story is, Amr, uh, the fourth line, A person saw something your dream doesn't know what they saw. Go in front of the Kohanim when they are spreading their hands. 
and say the following, if you've ever seen the, the paragraph in the this is the, the phrase, I'm yours, my dream are yours, but make them, make them positive. And it's positive in Shulchan Aruch, search number 12 and search number 13, has this in the, in the Shulchan Aruch, that if a person has a bad dream, you can go in front of three people, and uh, they'll do Hatavas Cholom, they say it, Hashem should make it good, etc. And, uh, and, um, and, uh, or, and, and or you can go in front of the, if you have a dream, you don't know what it's, what, what it's all about, you go in front of the Kohanim and you say, Hashem, make my dreams better. This is very not like, my, if you like know things that I talk about typically, this is like not my style, right? Like, I, this is like very like Red Bendela type of stuff that like, it sounds like, it sounds kind of like, you know, what, what's going on here. But I, I, I saw a really, really nice piece from Rav Cook. Um, in source number 14, uh, a very, in Rav Kukka's typical, Rav Kukka's disciple called Enaya, which is an explanation of all the Agadadas, like the story Gemaras in Gemar and Brachos. And Rav Kukka is typically very esoteric and a little bit difficult to understand. This, 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 in Enaya, it's a, lot, a little bit easier Hebrew. So I want you to see in source number 14 what, what Rav Kukka says about the idea of a person wanting to have good dreams and why that's powerful and important for a person to want to have good dreams. And he writes as follows, Adam Yachshav, a person thinks, because what kind of nonsense is this? That I should daven, that I should have good dreams? What does that mean? It's a mistake. Because the, the way, the type of dream a person has, impacts a person. Sleep is a part of what a person does. We all sleep, hopefully, every night. Right? We all sleep for many hours of the night. Right? It's part of our life. You can have a part of your life which is very pleasant. If you have good dreams, it's going to make your, your sleep calming. And besides the fact that it's just good in your life, it's also going to be impact on the way you feel about yourself. If your dreams are full of scary things, what person who has bad dreams? Ask any kid who has bad dreams. Right? If any child, you have a child who has bad dreams, so what do they not want to do every single night? They don't want to go to sleep. They don't want to go to sleep because they're nervous that they're going to have a bad dream. And by the way, it happens to adults too. Right? Typically, people are really stressed out and they're having a hard time with things. And there's, they can have, you know, because of that stress, because of other things, it can cause them to have really, you know, un- unpleasant dreams. And then people don't want to go to sleep. They have a hard time falling asleep. And it's a, right? It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. Um, oh, oh, and he says even further, or they're in fall, they, there's all kinds of, you know, nonsense in them. Most person dreams about all kinds of things that are inappropriate and difficult, whatever. It, it makes you feel yucky and, and, and not good, right? A person just ignore it, forget about it. What do you mean dreams really impact the way a person feels about themselves? He's not talking about like the, the spirituality and the, the, you know, the esoteric stuff. He's saying it, it impacts us. How we feel about our lives. And since they take a place in our life, it's appropriate to, to, to daven for them. So he says, 
So the person diving for their dreams is a person saying, I want to live a life that's, that's more calm. I want to live a life where I feel good about what I'm doing. I feel good about the things that I'm thinking about, the things that are running through my head. It's something that, I, that, that matters to me. And a person uh, caring about that, he says, it's not the heebie-jeebies, it's not a rembendelach, it's not skulos. It's, it's very practical uh, to, to want to have a certain yishavadas, a certain calmness when it comes to the things that we dream. I think it's very interesting. Um, so uh, until now, what we basically came out with is that yes, certain elements of dreams are nonsense. It's, it, you can't argue that there aren't parts of dreams and probably most of the parts of most of the dreams that we have that are, are triggered by things that we're thinking about or things that are going on in our lives, etc. And they're really, or just, you know, kind of the crazy stuff going on in our subconscious. Um, but, but to negate that there are some elements or dreams that are valid is, would be wrong. There are certain elements or dreams that are, that are valid. The problem is we don't really know and we're not, we're not you know, in a place to, to uh, interpret our dreams. We don't really have people around who can interpret our dreams for us. Um, I don't, I'm not encouraging to go to a dream interpreter. Um, but, but, it do, but to say they have nothing, but there's nothing, there isn't nothing there. Um, and even the idea of davening that dreams should be good or that if you have a scary dream to... To, uh, to, to have a tanas chalom, to fast, etc. By the way, a person can have a tanas, if a person has a really bad dream and makes them nervous, you can fast even on Shabbos. It's also to fast on Shabbos in general. But you're allowed to fast even on Shabbos if you have, if you have a, bad, a really bad dream, um, like extreme, you know? Um, that's halacha. Uh, for the same reason, because there is some element of, of truth um, to dreams. Um, that being said, I think it's also important. Is it a halacha to fast on Shabbos? I'm sorry, is it a halacha to fast if you have a no, it's not a halacha. It's not a halacha. But if a person feels very afraid from a dream that they had, it is appropriate. A person may fast. And, my, and the point is that they are allowed to fast even on Shabbos. That's the extent to which Chazal believed that it has an impact if it made a person upset. It, the, the language of the Gemara is very specific, actually. It's, you had a dream, v'nafsho aguma. You feel upset. Right? So it's subjective. It depends on you. Uh, but if it makes you very upset, it's, the point is that it's permissible to fast. And even permissible to fast on Shabbos when otherwise it's forbidden to fast. Uh, can I ask a question? Yeah. I've heard in the past that if you dream of somebody who has passed away, that it's actually really them coming to you in a dream. Is that is that true? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say it's not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know the, you know, enough about how that works. There are definitely stories like that. People definitely have stories like that of people coming to them in a dream. There. Jokes like that, and there's real life like that, um, and people, you know, argue that they really feel like it was a real person. There's, but there, like I mentioned that other story before, you know, I, I think in terms of the question of because a lot of times people ask, sometimes people make a request, um, and the question becomes, do I, does the person have to fulfill that request? That's a much different, much more different child, and probably gets part of the question like we saw before those two gemaras, depending on what the request is, what are they asking you to do, etc. Um, but to believe that it's that it's definitely nonsense, I wouldn't say it's definitely nonsense based on what we're seeing here, at least. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough to say that, you know, whether it's real or not real, I think, you know, uh, but, but, but from what we're seeing here, certainly there's a sense that dreams have, you know, there's, there's something there and it's not totally nonsense. So if you have a dream like that, are you supposed to go to Das Star with it? Or are you just supposed to pretend it, it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't have significance? I think it depends how much it bothers you. I think sometimes if you have a dream like that and you can say, you know, that's my, like, that's, that's my head. And usually the stories like this go... I had a dream like that, and I said, ah, it's nothing. And then I had a dream the next night, and it was the same dream, and the same dream. Usually when these stories are told, and they're like written down in like Chuvasvarim, it's literally someone comes back to someone and says, look, I had a dream three times in a row, and it had this, it doesn't have to be the number three. But like, you know, things like that, 
it really the 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 significance of dreams typically is a result of you know reflection of how much it's 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 upsetting to the person and how much you feel like this was something that was real as opposed to something that like i don't know maybe that was just kind of something silly and i think you have to know for yourself uh, a little bit that and yeah but but it is it is worth a worth a shayla and usually the big big time people but you know like what to do and you have such a situation yeah i think it, it is worth the question if it's something that really you feel you felt was real it's worth the conversation i think so um, all that being said, is, it, there's a couple of important points, though. And that is, source number 15, Sefer Hasidim. Right, it's as follows. If a person who spends their time a little too much in the world of dreams is not going to work out very well. Asking malachim and asking this. I know there's a tshuvas mina shamayim. Okay, so who, uh, he, that was his decision to ask shalas to shamayim. That's not typically what we do. That's not, we don't get ourselves so caught up in these, you know, dream interpretations, etc. Right? Who should my shidduch be? Who should I? In, 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 world, in the world, we work in the world. Right? This is, this is how we usually work. And we, sh- we follow things based on the normal course of events. We don't ask Hashem questions in dreams in Malachim to give us answers to questions. That's not the way we do things. Um, you do things the normal way. Um, the point is, sometimes if you have a dream and it comes upon you, so that's something else. Um, and the, um, in, in, in Torah number 16, this points that the last point that I was making before, you always going to have, every dream is going to have Dvarim Betelim. Every dream has things that are nonsense in it. Just like you're always, even when you have, you know, uh, a nice bowl of, you know, wheat that comes out of a, you know, a, a harvest, you're going to have a lot of chaff there also. So same thing. Every, every dream has, has some nonsense. They say uh, that the Vilna Gon, they tell stories about the, the Beis Yosef, Yosef Kar, that he had a, a malach who would come learn with him. And he would sit with him and teach him things. Um, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but they said the Vilna Gon had something similar also. The Vilna Gon had, had like some, I don't know, Shemayim type of individual who would come to give him answers to, to things in Torah. And he said, no. He said, I'm not interested. I want to work it through myself. I'm not interested in, in having someone from Shemayim give me answers to things. That's not, that's not our way. It's not our derech. And it's, it's still not our derech in general. And that's why in general, we don't go running after dreams, dream interpretations. We don't go running after you know, questions in dreams. And like I said, I, my personal approach is, you know, even like to run to a makobol to, to ask these, you know, questions that I think we can figure out for ourselves with the halacha and with Eitzah and with Seichal, etc. But yes, to, to say that dreams are non, total nonsense, I think is not correct. And to say that dreams don't sometimes come with some type of value and some type of meaning for us, they can. The Gemara says that it can. Um, and it's not just applying to Nevi'im, it applies to everybody in a certain sense. So, uh, you know, again, as you can tell, I'm no expert in dreams, but I think there's a lot to be said for uh, the power of dreams, not just in Tanakh, uh, not just in the times of the Gemara, but even to this very day. And I think it's just something interesting to, uh, to consider. So uh, thanks for joining us for, I think, a little different type of year. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. But I'll take questions. Like,